From born in the USA to death to my hometown, this is you Spring and Springsteen on my bean, the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things Da Boss. Da Boss. This is good rock and roll. Uh, music? Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I uh, have a great one for you today. We will be going through not one, not three, not four, five? not five, no, not six, not wait, seven. Wait, wait, can I guess? Okay, yeah, guess. Nine. Not seven, not eight, not nine, not oh, tens. So not nine or nine? Not nine, not nine. Nine, nine. 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 What's that from? What's that from? Uh, the word nine. Yes, it was a great movie starring Daniel Day Lewis. Thank you. Uh, also uh, set on the television program Hogan's Heroes quite Thank a you. bit. Nine. Thank you. Ach, nine. Thank you very American much. American Schweinhund. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, not one. Not three. Not four. Not five. Not six. Not seven. Not eight. Not nine. Not ten. Not eleven. Not twelve. Not thirteen. Not fourteen. Not fifteen. Not sixteen. Nineteen. Not 19 either. 29. Not 29 albums. No, we're not going to be talking about 29 albums today. Okay. We're going to be talking about two. Two different albums today. Whoa. I had no idea it would be that many. (laughs) I mean, it's surprising. Um, We're going to be talking about Human Touch and Lucky Town today. Uh, Two albums by Bruce Springsteen. Without the Edible Street Band? Well, that's yet to be determined. I am curious. Did any member of, excuse you. Sorry, I had to cough. I've had to cough ever since I started speaking. Really? Which is a horrible since When position. you were a child? Yes. <laughs> and I finally just did it. Oh. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, this feels much better. Is this an episode of This Feels Much Better? I think it is. Hey everyone, welcome to This Feels Much Better. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're talking about things that... After you do them. <laughs> After you do them, everything feels better. Coughing came up, but I think there's something that you like even better than that. Is that right, Adam? <laughs> All right, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Oh boy, uh, what a show. That was it's a great <laughs> inaugural episode. <laughs> Truly, I would listen. I subscribe. Sure. Rate it five stars. Sure. I'll listen every I week. I want more. Daily, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about two albums today. And uh, quite simply, not because we're trying to rush through this show necessarily. They're very much one in the same. You're saying they're one album? Because I said not one, not three, not four, not five, not no, six. very much two albums, but also very much one in the same. Um, I do have a question, though. Okay, yeah. Are Is there... this an episode of I Do Have a Question, yes. though? <laughs> yes. Always asking questions. Hey, everyone. Welcome to I Do Have a Question, though. This is Scott. And this is Scott. 
And anyway, so I was saying that well, the other I day. Do, I do have a question, though. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, how old are you? How old am I? Yeah. How old do I look? Hmm. Hmm. Actually, I do have a question, though. Yes. What decade were you born in? Uh, it was a 10-year period, if that's what you're asking. Hmm. I do have a question, though. Yes. In that 10-year period, were the Beatles together? Together as in, like, John was together with Yoko and Paul was together with Linda? Yes. Well, yeah, I do have a question, though. If John was together with Yoko... Was this the decade in which they winked at each other publicly? Let me think back. Let's see. You know, I have what Mary Lou Henner has where she can remember every single thing she yeah, did. Yeah, photographic on, memory? Not photographic necessarily, but uh, she remembers everything. Okay. She, she don't not remember shit disease. <laughs> Wait, is it called a... That's not called a photographic memory. I don't think it's called photographic memory. I think a photographic memory is like, I looked at something and I remember every detail of it. This is like, like you bring up a date to her. And she knows everything. She knows what she had to eat. She knows everything, every single thing she did. I would think that would be an incredible... It's like a superpower. It's a lot like... Yeah, she's the world's first superhero. I know that she hates it, though. Um, Doesn't she hate it? Hasn't she said that? I don't know that I'd have to let me look through my memory to see if she's ever said that. Bring up a date and I'll see if she said it on that date. Uh, October 4th, 2014. No, she was dead by then. Whoa. (laughs) You know, she was on a Party Down episode and I wanted to ask You wanted to bring it up? Yeah. Really? But then I thought she might forget. She might forget that she had it, <laughs> or that th- that we ever had the conversation. <laughs> Interesting. No, I. What I is your did question? Want to? Uh, what, what is your question? I don't remember. Man? Okay, bye. Bye. I don't know about that show. I felt like it was meandering and unimportant. I felt like one of the hosts never had any questions, and then one of the hosts had just really inane questions. I felt like one of the hosts was sort of dancing around answering a question. Evasive? Yeah. Hmm. Deflective. Maybe. Perhaps. Maybe one of the hosts is a little insecure about, you know, just how long he's been on this earth. I think one of the hosts takes his cues from Trump on the witness stand. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Yeah, bro. Score. That was amazing. Thank you. That was fucking incredible uh, what you just did. What uh, you tied it, you tied together current events. Current events. And me dodging the question of how old I was. And, and this being a podcast, people can listen to it anytime. That is gonna age super well. Yes, of course. Yeah. You know? Well, we'll always talk about Trump on the witness. On the stand. witness stand. It's evergreen. We'll it's tell great. our children about it. Remember uh, when old man Trump was on the witness stand? I told my children about it just since we've been talking. You texted them? Yep. Oh, are you on a group chain with your children? Yeah, right now. What's the group chain called? Hey, kids. <laughs> hey, kiddos. 
hey they, kiddos. They love getting texts from oh, hey they kiddos. Love, they love during a school day when they're hanging out with their friends getting texts from their dad. <laughs> At what point uh, do kids start not wanting to ever hang out with you? Hang out with you, yeah. It's not at one year old, right? I hope. No, it starts at two. Oh shit! So I only have a good eleven. No, you 10 have. Months. You have a good like twelve solid years of some enthusiastic, yeah, uh, hang time. It starts faltering and getting a little off balance at around eleven. They start kind of cluing in, but it's not until like I don't know. It does it. It probably doesn't help that to your children's friends you're just like the worst like in terms of like what you've achieved in your career yeah like culturally the fact that you you have a podcast yeah culturally i am a zero (laughs) to his friends (laughs) like if you were someone cool oh then you know like if you were one of the chris's oh my god uh, oh my god a hamsey Oh my god! Or a Prado, maybe a little Evie. Oh, oh man, they, that would be something. Their friends would be lining up the block to hang uh, out yeah. with you. They would wonder, like, what kind of nutritional shakes mm-hmm. I I make myself. Yeah, how like many that. abs you have? Do you but call it a six pack or a twelve pack? None of those questions come at me. No, there. It's uh, what, what has there ever been a time where anyone's come over to the house and like started asking you about show business? <laughs> No. Like, hey, is it cool to be on a set? <laughs> they they don't care at all. My parents came to, I invited them to uh, an episode of Comedy Bang Bang in the second season. And uh, my my wife was in the scene. Yeah. And we were acting up a storm. Yeah. And about half an hour in, they were like, well, this has been fun. We got to go. Really? <laughs> it was so boring. Oh, God. <laughs> it is pretty boring, but to, to be on a set. But it's also kind of cool especially i would since they probably haven't been on a lot of sets right um that one was enough for them yeah it it was pretty boring for them yeah but, uh, especially with uh you know there's always a little bit of action whenever the director shouts out those magic words cut. no cut oh cut yeah, yeah everyone stop <laughs> oh thank god yeah oh my god have you ever been on a set and the director forgets to, to yell cut and you're just acting and acting and acting. Then you go home and you're still in the middle of the scene. And- see, I, I think of it differently. I see that as an opportunity. Yes. To just do more. Live in the character. Just more truth telling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you go home. or Sometimes you don't even go home because no. that's not the character's home. If he didn't yell cut, I'm not stopping. I, I don't, you just I don't break character until he says cut. And sometimes he has to call me at like four in the morning. Really? Yeah, because my family's like he hasn't come home yet ha- no i'm home but i'm still whatever the character may be mm-hmm. so they have to get in touch with the director and have him please, call me please get on the phone with him and say cut yeah he's gonna keep doing it we've said cut he doesn't listen to us no because i don't know who they are i don't know them. how do you know to go home then because that's I, your character backstory they always have the same house my, my driver only knows one one address <laughs> It'd be so funny if you work that into your character background. He always lives at this place. That's right. No matter what, this is his home. Uh, remember the Between Two Ferns? We did, I, I feel like I brought this up to you recently where we, we named your character names. Oh, yeah. I don't think it made it into the actual 
cut of didn't it. Didn't they all sound like beta males? <laughs> it was like Ron Stadler. Yeah. John Novak. Are you reading them right now? Yeah. Ed McKenzie. Aren't there like three Joshes? <laughs> Justin Sanderson. Some of the wonderful characters you've created. <laughs> And you started laughing. You were like, you didn't even recognize them. No, You're like, I are no those idea. mine? Justin Sanderson. <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> There's one that I do remember because of its like banality. And it's what from it? that movie, The Matador. Oh, I love them. You were in The Matador? I thought For the movie like, was really good. It is a really good movie. You were in a movie recently that I saw. I told you this when we were watching the Talking Heads movie. I did not even recognize you until the credits came up, and I was like, Adam was in this? And I had to what re- movie was the it? The Star Trek movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, what What was it? Uh, the Matador. The Matador. Phil Garrison. <laughs> Phil Garrison. That was my character's name. You didn't have a lot of shit. Look at this. I am that was That was a good movie. Yeah, and, I, I, did, I did enjoy that. Wait, is this I Love Films? Yes, I think it is. Hey everyone, welcome to I Love Films. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And today we're zeroing in on one particular actor. That's right. Uh, Phil Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's cool about the Jeremy. Matador? Jeremy. Name 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 that movie. Jeremy. Jeremy. No last name, apparently. Oh, was that Party of Five? It was not. That's our idiot brother. Starring our good friend, Jeremy. Paul Rudd. God. Jeremy. Can you imagine playing someone named Jeremy? I do not when remember When you're doing that. something short like that, like Our Idiot Brother. Yeah. And you're just playing a character with no last name. You're just Jeremy. Yeah. Do you do any work at all, or do you show up and learn your lines that day? Well, clearly, I, don't, I didn't even know the character's <laughs> name. <laughs> oh, my God. News anchor. Oh, that was for Nick Swartzen's thing, right? Pretend time? What about Eastbound and Down? Do you remember your t- your yeah uh, Pat Anderson? Pat Anderson, yeah. yeah. How do you, how do you remember that? Because it it's it's such a well constructed name for the guy for what a douchebag. The, I see. Yeah. yeah. What about a uh, Children's Hospital? Do you remember your? I do not. Lieutenant Degore Koru. <laughs> oh, I think was that a Star Trek? <laughs> I think thing? so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about Piranha Three D? Apparently you Novak. Only had, That's Novak. Novak. Yeah, you yeah. only had one name in that. Just Novak. I guess. <laughs> oh, this is so fun. God, your IMDb is long. Yeah. Long as my fucking dick. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, interesting. <laughs> really, <laughs> really <laughs> obnoxious uh, finish there. Yeah. Jesus. I don't know. Um... We are uh, uh, talking about, uh, of course, a man named Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Um, and nothing else. Nothing else, of course. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. that's what you do when you have a podcast about a guy. My question was, are there zero Edible Street Band members playing on these two albums? Other than Bruce Springsteen. That's... I know the answer to it. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> oh, is that what happens? <laughs> yes. When someone knows something and another person asks about something? I mean, as far as I've learned, and according to my experience, that is how it works. Well, I, tell you what, I'll take, I'll take guesses. 
Take the first part of the question last. Okay. Yeah. And I'll take it off air. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll, I'll take the second part of the question on air. Okay. And then the first part of the question off air. Off air. Yeah. Great. So just ask me the second part of the question on air. Um, on these two albums. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the part you're going to answer on air. <laughs> on these two albums? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> now, the first part of the question, we're going to do that off air. Yes, we're going to okay. do it. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you that off air. Okay. Um, now, I'll, I'll take, I'll take uh, an educated guess because you're an educated guy, right? Do you, did you go to college or what's your higher learning status? Kind of. But let, let's, let's get back would, to this. I've been trying to ask this question did you ever, did you ever have for a, a while. Did you ever have a teacher that was just particularly inspiring to you where you're like, Man, this makes me excited to get into class. Yeah, of course. Feels like you're lying right now. No, I'm really not. <laughs> it's Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society. <laughs> yes, he was amazing. Yeah. So you would go and stand on your desk every day. Right? Every single day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you've been trying to ask what question now for a while? <laughs> Are there any members of the Edible Stream <laughs> play on these fucking albums? You're gonna have to wait. To okay. Hear All right. That. Okay. Adam, God, it's such a good story. I want to, but do you want to guess before we we get there? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Do you want me to to guess right now? I'll I, have, I'll take your. Guess I thought off you were air. just curious about my desire to guess. Yeah. Do you, yeah, do you want to guess? That's all I yes. want. Yes. Oh man, I'm not gonna let you. Oh God damn it. <laughs> Um, we are talking, of course, about Bruce Springsteen, and uh, he was in the news recently. I know we're taping this a few weeks ahead of uh, when it comes out, but uh, he told uh, a bunch of dirty jokes. Uh, now, why did he do that? I you sent me the clip, yeah. and I was it billed as like a he. Well, it's uh, uh, the stand up for heroes benefit, which uh, oh, so that people were doing stand up that night. Yeah, yeah, it's a comedy benefit for for superheroes. So like spider, oh. so they raise money for like Spider Man because you know how he's always like trying to sell pictures to J Jonah Jameson, right? For extra money for his aunt May for her medicine. Yeah, and they are so cheap with him. <laughs> yeah, so it's a it's a benefit for that. But he all, he does it every year. But he wasn't going to do it this year because uh, he was going to be touring. But because of his tour shows got uh, postponed. That's right. Uh, he was able to do it. And he always does like acoustic songs. And then because it's a stand-up event, he tells jokes, street jokes. Oh, so he does that every year? Every year. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. All right. Every year as far as I can remember. And I can remember this year. Okay. <laughs> I never heard about him doing it other than that, but uh, but you're just assuming it's a long held tradition. Well, I read the article that I sent you. What did you do? I just watched the videos. <laughs> so they say they said that every year he does it, he tells street jokes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so he told. Let's see. Uh, I can I can play it here. Let's. Uh... They're really good. Uh, life is like a penis. Wouldn't make it hard for no reason. So he's doing he, he's doing what a good stand-up does, which is he's like letting half the punchline yeah. to the punchline and taking a pause and then like almost tagging it at the end That's with right. another punchline. He gets two laughs. 
That is, that's what a good stand-up does. Yeah. So, so life, life is like a penis. Save the sexist part for last. <laughs> I, I think they're, the, the punchline is equally sexist in both halves. Yeah, I think you're right. But they're street jokes, so everyone expects them to be sexist or, sure. or bad, dumb jokes or whatever. Sure. In fact, uh, let me see if I can find the, the next joke, because that one wasn't listed on this. Here we go. Let's see. Old man sitting on the porch, kid walking by with a big basket filled with chicken wire. You know, the man says, hey, son, what are you doing? He says, uh, I'm going to get me some chickens. Son, you can't get no chickens without a chicken wire. Kid comes back later in the afternoon, big basket full of chickens. <laughs> Next day, kid comes by, the old man. Big basket full of duck tea. Where you going, son? I'm gonna get some ducks, son. <laughs> you can't catch ducks without duck tea. Kid comes back that afternoon. Big basket full of ducks. Weird joke, right? Yeah, so far, very weird. Particularly a basket full of chickens. <laughs> Is, is confusing. And it just to ended me. right there. Yeah, yeah. strange. That is a weird joke. It's a very strange joke. Maybe Punch, it the is. The punchline is that he came back with ducks. A basket know. full of ducks. I guess that is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. It's pretty yeah. good. It, it would be very funny if he, instead of doing what every non comedian does when they have to appear at a stand up thing, they just tell a street joke. Like if he worked on a, a tight five minutes. Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. And he just debuted it. Like went to the, the cellar and yeah. like worked on it. <laughs> Oh, that would be so good. Yeah. I would love to go to the cellar and just see Bruce come up and what, try what, out some new. Would hits. it all be about like life on the road and backstage and stuff? I guess so. Or on stage. Or how hard it is to write a song. Life is hard for no reason. <laughs> it's like a penis. It's like a woman. <laughs> and you're like, Bruce. Uh, good stuff uh, anyway. They, they raised a lot of money for... Uh, Tony Stark and Peter Parker and so many of it's great. Those guys need it. All the Chris's as well. If you've, if people who have just portrayed heroes on screen. Oh yeah. They get the money. They get money from that as well. So it's a wonderful cause. So there are people too. They need money just like everybody else. Everyone needs money. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, you ever been in, uh, uh, you know, a footlocker and you're like, hi, I'll just take these shoes. And you just like walk out with them. And people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, sir. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You have to pay us money for those. You're right. Like, what? Huh? Yeah. How, how does this work? How, what do, what do I, how do I, d- how do I do that? How do I do, how do, how do I, how do I give you? You're not just going to let me have these? Yeah. I'm supposed to give you all the these hundred dollar bills that are in my hands just yeah. to you? These shoes cost $700? <laughs> Boy, these days. Hey, with Bidenomics, you aren't kidding. You know what you I mean? You aren't kidding. Boy, I'll tell you one thing. It's getting more and more expensive to uh, put the old shoe leather uh, on uh, my the soles of my feet these days. Pr- practically getting charged for walking down the street. Boy, uh, yeah, uh, excuse me. Uh, do I need to pay uh, a toll to just walk down the street these days? The other day, I was just climbing a tree just for fun. Tax man up at the top of the tree. The tax Money, man. please. Yeah. Cha-ching, cha-ching. I was like, gosh. Just just even uh, the other day, I, I swallowed a fly. Yeah. 
he comes in, he's like, excuse me, ching, that'll be $350. Yeah. Yeah. The other day, I went, I just climbed up on my roof to eat You're my lunch. a lot recently. Yeah, I like climbing. That's <laughs> what I do for fun. I like climbing. You're a climbing guy? But not anymore. You know why? Why? Tax man up on the roof. Up on the roof? What, what is it, roof tax? It's like, give me that money. Or sandwich tax. Which tax? It was both. There was a tax for sandwich and for roof. Really? Yeah. What about a climbing tax? That's next. That's my next story. <laughs> Wait, so he didn't get you those. So he just assumed no. you were on the roof. He thought that I just was like there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. He but didn't then see. the next time he actually saw me climbing. Where, where were you climbing then? Um, well, well, don't worry about it. Don't, <laughs> don't worry. I want to know where you climb, you bro. Wait, Listen. is this an episode of I Want to Know Where You Climb, Bro? Yes. It's the climb. Everyone, welcome to I Want to Know Where You Climb, Bro. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And bro. What? I got to know. Where are you climbing these days? How how am I supposed to be able to list all the places I climb? I don't know which ones you're interested in. <laughs> Just start and I'll tell you which ones I'm not interested in. Okay, tree. No, not interested. Roof. Ooh, no. Other than that, I can't tell you right now. What's going on? You're being very evasive and cagey about where I else you've climbed. Look, this is a podcast that a lot of people listen to. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You weren't climbing on a ladder, were you? Shut up. Motherfucker, you told me you weren't going to climb on any more ladders. You don't know who's listening to this. Big, Do you, you, know, think, you think Big Ladder is listening to this? Not only Big Ladder, but the tax man. Shit. Do you know how much the tax is for climbing a ladder these days? How much? I would imagine it's quite a bit. I can imagine up to probably $300. Maybe. Depends on the ladder, bro. Uh, what, like what, what differentiates the different ladders? Like amount of rungs? Oh my height, God. Do I incline? really have to? Uh there was a camera i'd look into it right now oh a lot like on that show that you were on the office uh, for dummies <laughs> <laughs> is that what you call my parks and Rec? that's what i call every show you've been on no the what's the, the new one whatever you're on? it is for dummies <laughs> yeah. um that new one you're on is the office for dummies all right bye bye Uh, good hmm. That I was like, interesting. I like that show, yeah. Not as good as that first show we listened to. That was riveting. But uh, Yeah, which that, one was that? I can't remember. Okay. Um, okay, so we're here to talk about a double, it's not even a double album, but- It is a double album. No, it's They not. came out the same I don't day. Hey, you came out the same day as someone shit in the ocean, I'm sure. What? And you think that you're related somehow? How dare you? <laughs> uh, okay, well- Okay, it okay, okay. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, look, we gotta take a break, okay? All right. Okay. But when we come back, we're gonna talk about not only, not one, not three, not five, but so many albums. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about two of these albums, and they're called Human Touch and Lucky Town. 
We're going to talk about both of them when we come back. This is an exciting episode. We'll be right back with more You Spring and Springsteen on My Bean after this. Hey, welcome back. This is You Spring and Springsteen on My Bean. And um, I never introduced you. I feel I were or myself. I worry that people listen to the first to A Block just confused and wondering oh, they don't who, know who we were, who and, it was. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, do you want to introduce me, and I'll introduce you? Sure, Scott. This is Adam. Adam. This is Scott. Like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, just introduce me. This is Scott. And this is Adam. Great. Great. It's great to meet you. Great to meet you. It's yeah. so I've I've heard about you. Me too. It's weird that we've never met, but yeah, I think I feel like our wives are friends. Yes. And I feel like I almost feel like we've like already spent quite a bit of time together. Quite a lot. Yeah. I just never like. met. It's weird. But it's weird. But yeah. here we are. Hey, it's so nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. We, please stop shaking my hand. Sorry. So we're here to talk about Human Touch and Lucky Town. Which traditionally comes first? In, how do you mean? <laughs> Alphabetically. <laughs> human Touch, I believe, does. I first. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, for some reason, it feels like Human Touch is, is disc one and okay. Lucky Town's disc two, but there's a reason for that, I believe. Um, let's, let's go through some stats. What do you say? Please. Uh, both albums released on March 31st, 1992. What were you doing in 1992? Well, this is only about six months after Guns N' Roses put out Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. That's right. So he was basically- So you were still listening to that? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. That's what you were doing, not what he was doing. But he was basically just doing what they did because they- both of those albums sold insanely well. That's what I thought he was doing, but there's a little bit of a difference that okay. we'll talk about. Okay. But uh, what what were you up to in 19? I March was in 31st. my first year of acting school after high school. And, and you must have quit a few days in. Is that? Uh, yeah, that's right. Having seen your work. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> two days. <laughs> you made it two days. Two days of acting school. Um. I was just about to wrap up because I think our school year ended in April or something. But um, yeah, that's what I was doing. What were you doing? I was ending my acting school. We, uh -huh. I believe I graduated in May. So I, I had about a month and a half left. So I must have been, I think I was probably working on A Midsummer Night's Dream uh, at the time. Yes. Where I portrayed... The role of Lysander, one of the lovers. The bard. Ah, the bard. Uh, of course, we're talking about Shakespeare. I know this is a music podcast, yeah, but, but listen, you gotta know fine. Willie Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, I was doing that. I was in the middle of a production of that. I think I was, God, was I in a, was I in Jesus Christ Superstar at the time, too, maybe? I don't know. I'm asking God. Oh, sorry. God, hello. Hello up there. Scott. I know, look, God, I know you normally get prayers asking for 
help with something. And this is no different, but I'm only asking you for help for me to remember something. What is it? Was I in Jesus Christ Superstar? You know, the show about your son in in March of 1992? Believe me, I know the play. What do you think about it, by the way? What do I think about what? The play Jesus Christ Superstar? The play or the movie? I've lost interest at this point. I I don't care what you thought. Anyway, was I in it? When? (laughs) Okay, God, fuck (laughs) off. (laughs) God, praying is so hard these days. Yeah, it's it's tough. That was pretty incredible, though, that you actually. Uh, oh yeah, I got him on the horn. Spoke to, yeah, yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, this what was going on musically at the time? Uh, Nirvana had just put out uh, Nevermind. Oh, we were in the midst of Grunge Palooza. Oh yeah, um, Octum Baby had come out. They, those were both fall of '91, so we were kind of in the midst and and. Pearl Jam was just breaking yeah. in March what about, of what about Out of Time? Was that... Uh, have that was March of 91. So yeah, a year into Out of Time. Uh, a lot happening in music. Yes. And uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, of course. Oh yeah, Blood Sugar Sex uh, Magic. Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yeah. A, lot, a, lot, a lot of uh, a, a time of change. Yeah. And this is... Uh, I remember this coming out and it seeming like something that was completely out of step with what was going on. Yes. Well, it's five years since his previous record. Five years. Five years. That's a lot, especially for an artist in their prime like this. Yeah. A person who had just had one of the hugest albums of all time. That, Of course, that was 1984, though. So now we're talking eight years since then. And he put out Tunnel of Love in 87, and then just five years go by, and he's just sitting on his ass. Tunnel of Love was huge but it was certainly wasn't the cultural thing yeah. like you said um yeah so what was he doing for that whole time okay so uh so he when we last left off patty uh scalfa mm-hmm. his uh so significant other mm-hmm. had said hey bro i'm preggers mm-hmm. uh and so pretty much they they had their son evan and moved to LA. So he moved into a house in the canyon, right? So mm-hmm. suddenly he has money. And so he moves into a house in the canyon in LA. And um, he just can't, he has writer's block. Is that right? Yeah. He he just, he tries to write songs and they are all like, he considers them to be just pale imitations of songs he's already written. Hmm. And so he's just like, I'm just not feeling it. So he just was not writing stuff. This is wow. in like 89, right? Yeah, yeah. 89, 90. So then the other thing that happens is he calls up, who else? The Edible Street Band. Oh, man. And he says those classic words that we all listen to every week on a little show on NBC. He says, you're fired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> he he fires the Edible Street Band because he, I guess that I think he says that he wanted to stretch out a little musically, but also I think in his book he talks about the fact that he sort of became everything to them in yeah. the way of like they became de- dependent on him. I wonder like, if he had to pay them even when they weren't active. So he talk he talks about the Tunnel of Love tour being the first time that he ever put them on contracts because he sort of intimates that 
when it was just, hey, after the tour, here's the money you made, people would constantly call him up and be like, hey, I, I'm going to buy a house. I need some money. And he would be without contracts. He would be looked at as sort of like their banker and he uh. would be giving them money all the time. And so Tunnel of Love, everyone was, the edibles were sort of pissed at him that they were on contracts, but he's like, no, 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 this is good because now you know how much money you make definitively and you can stop asking me for Wait, it. why would they ask him for money for a house? Just like, well, you're we're, gonna, we're gonna be touring next year anyway. Can I get some money ahead of I time? I don't even know if it was in advance as much as it was like, hey, I need some money and you're a rich guy. Really? Yeah. So I think he felt like they were sort of taking advantage, taking advantage of him. Interesting. Yeah. He, he intimates that in the book. Um, so I think he just was like, I need a break from these people. Yeah. And um, so he breaks, he, he calls up everyone. He says they were all gentlemanly about it. Mm -hmm. They all were like cool with it to his face. But um, I think everyone kind of got their feelings hurt. Yeah. By it. Um, so he's just sitting around. He's trying to write songs, but he also the the other part is he's happy for the first time mm -hmm. in his relationship. He has a son. He he does talk in the book interestingly about how he's at a remove from his family in a in a way because mm -hmm. he's like, well, I'm a rocker. He he talks about how he has the rock star lifestyle, so he stays up till four in the morning every night, which is fine when someone needs to be up with the baby until four in the morning, but yeah. then when the baby starts sleeping through the night, he still isn't changing. Yeah. And Patty's like, uh, You have to start. <laughs> you're missing everything. Yeah. You have to start getting... So he, he devotes himself to his family. He becomes happy, and he's sort of like, I don't know what... I have nothing to write about, really. Yeah. So... It's not like he needs money, either. He's very, yeah. you know... So he's sitting around in like 1990 and he, after he breaks up the edibles, he goes to dinner with Roy Bitten. Mm -hmm. um, and Roy says like, oh yeah, I've been working on these songs and he has these instrumentals and he's thinking of selling them to Don Henley. And he's like, oh yeah, I have these instrumentals and Bruce is like, oh, let me hear them. Yeah. And he listens to him and he goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, I'm gonna try to write some melodies over these. So he goes home and like writes melodies over them. Is the first time that he like cracks open his songwriting. Wow! And so he calls up Roy Bitten and he goes, "Okay, you're gonna produce this record with all the the normal producers." So he so Roy, he's there with uh, John Landau and who else but Chucky Plotz. Oh yeah, you Chucky Plotz is back. There. Chucky Plotz says Roy had to buy his way back into the band. The Whoa. way that we all have had to at, at certain points in our lives. Yeah. So he, he, Roy basically like wrote these instrumental songs, which gets the juices flowing yeah, yeah. for him again. So that's how this all starts. So is it the first time he's sharing songwriting credit with a member of the band? I think so. Yeah. Uh, and, and they did, they, they ended up not having too many songs that end up on the records yeah. together, but it sort of is the- Got the wheels turning. Got the wheels turning. And what, what's interesting about these two records, you mentioned Guns N' Roses, right? So, sorry, there's yeah. one person from the E Street Band involved in this project then. I don't want to answer that yet. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so you mentioned the Guns N' Roses thing. Yeah. So for those of you who are not alive in 1991, Guns N' Roses, G&R, sure. we used to call them back yeah, in the sure. day. Uh, they put out two records called Use Your Illusion and Use Your Illusion 2. And it was really 
I think they just were making one record and they wrote so many songs that yeah. they were like, okay, this is going to be a double. And it had been for four, four years since Appetite for Destruction. Yeah. They put out that EP, GNR Lies. But the world, they yeah. were the biggest band in the world and they hadn't had any any albums in so yeah. long that it was a, such a big deal. So normally when a band puts out a double, we've talked about the hamburger case um, you know, where it's just, it's like a big double cheeseburger. You oh, just yeah. bite into that jewel case. Yeah. Um, normally you charge like a little less than you would. Like I bet if GNR had put out a double record, they charged m- maybe $19.99 yeah. or something like that for it. But they got the big idea. Hey, let's just call these two separate albums and we'll put it out on the same day and we'll charge the $14.99 same amount. Yeah, $14.99 for each, for each right? And they make a ton of money. So much money. Because everyone that bought one bought both of them. And there was a lot of discussion in the press like, oh, what's the better one? Who fucking cares? You're going to get them both, asshole. And they should have just made one great album instead, which is always the case with double albums. Yes. Other than The River. Or or The White Album. Yeah. Or, um, no, that was it. Well... New Adventures in Hi-Fi could be considered a double album, I guess. Because it initially came out on CD, and when they put it on vinyl, they had to split it up into two. No, it's just... At Sorry. The, no, it was it was one CD. Yeah. You're right. You're I know. Right. Jeez. You but think what is a double... Have... Because a double... Like, nothing like The Sun. I remember when that came out, the Sting album. It was a double album. It was a double LP, yeah. But, but then it, it came... on one CD. Yeah, so... because And the reason for that was because... Um, it was 60 some odd minutes and traditionally you can only fit 21 minutes on a side and you could fit more than that, but the quality goes down and Sting was like, I don't want the quality to go Uh, down. So you had to, so, but I think they charged just single album prices. Oh, is that right? Yeah. But like the white album, could that just fit on one CD? That's like an 80 some odd, especially yeah. with that big ass sound collage at the end. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You take that off. Yeah, it fits on one CD. But CDs weren't even invented at that point. So they didn't care. Yeah. At some point, Ringo was like, peace and love, peace and love. What if a CD is invented? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He predicted all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and they were like, shut the fuck up, Ringo. Oh, should we talk about the new Beatles song? Oh, yeah. Do you want to hear what something? What do you think about it? I think it's, I mean, I like it. Yeah. I think it's better than. What, what was the last one they did? Real Love? I like Free as a Bird and then Real Love. I thought Real Love is a, I don't know. One of them is kind of weak, right? I think the the technology they used for this one, I wish they had for, for the, that was, Real Love. What I was kind of wondering yeah. is, is like, are they going to go back to Real Love right. and Free as a Bird and clean them up maybe? But right. I don't think they Especially Real Love. It sounds, the vocal is yeah. so tinny, it almost hurts to listen to, but it's a great song. Yeah. Agreed. I think the new one's good, though. I've only listened yeah. to it once. It's uh, grown on me quite a bit. Grown? Yeah, it's... I don't know if Ugh. you can see it. It's growing up my oh, arm. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Wow, I'm so sorry. Um, so I so that's what GNR did. They made a ton of yes. money. And I had always assumed that's what Bruce Springsteen did. Was yeah. he just... He, he had a whole bunch of songs and he divvied them up into two albums and put them out on the same day. So are you saying it had nothing to do with Guns N' Roses? It, it actually, Adam... I am here to tell you that these are not only two separate albums that happen to come out on the same day, but they're the result of three different albums that he was making. 
Okay. But the idea to put out two separate albums on the same day, he had to have just been aping Pro- what? Probably, but let me tell you the actual story. So what happened is he and Roy get together and they start making these demos, yeah. right, for for the album that ended up being Human Touch. And they make a bunch of demos and they do it to a drum uh, machine. And then Springsteen's like, okay, let me get some uh, some actual good musicians to some studio guys yeah. to, to play on all these. So who does he get? He gets Jeff Porcaro from Toto. He plays the drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have a little guy on bass guitar. He's played in such bands like Journey. And um, then uh, a mere 10 years after this, or, or eight years, maybe nine years after this, he rises to fame. As a judge on American Idol, that's right. Randy Jackson. Randy plays, Jackson plays bass on. He this? plays bass on Human Touch. Yes. Whoa. And they recall him during all the sessions saying stuff like, "Yo, dog, this is a great song." Whoa. And he's he is a big cheerleader for what's going on. Wow. But it's these studio guys, right? Yeah. And they're professional players, but they're playing along to the demo. Um, so it's not like they're cutting these songs live or whatever. They're replacing the parts on the demo. Right, right. And, um, so, and then you have Patty doing some, some vocals and, uh, uh, you do have, uh, David Sanctious is the, uh, other edible street band member. He plays the organ on two songs. Okay. Um, you have some other people doing some backing vocals, but, um, Springsteen's doing all the guitar Uh on it. And so he's cutting this record while he's also sort of making this other record where he's playing bass. Hmm. And he's doing these songs that um, are a little more about current events and they're not as rocking. And he cuts a whole bunch of those. And then at the end of the day, he has all these songs, right? And he's like... So they're very much separate projects. These are sort of... Well, he's cutting these at the same time, sort of. But 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 he's not doing them with the same musicians. Yeah. So he's doing, he's doing this sort of rock album with Randy Jackson and the Toto drummer. And he's doing this other kind of like more arty album with him on bass. Hmm. Uh separately and then at the end of the day he looks at it all and goes like i think all these bass songs i did bass on are really interesting but he goes i just want to go back out on the road so let's put out the rock album so he puts together human touch with only one of those other songs on it and that song is 57 channels with nothing on right okay so that's the human touch album right so he is all ready to put this out in 1991 yeah and he, it's locked. Everything's good. Locked and loaded. Locked and fucking loaded, bro. And he listens back and he's like, well, this, he's like, it's good and it's rocking and I want to go out on the road, but he doesn't feel like it's as optimistic as he's been feeling lately. Hmm. He's like, it's a little like pessimistic on some of the songs. So he goes, no, we're not going to put it out in 1991. Let's just hold it. I'm going to I'm going to write one more song for it. Mm-hmm. So then uh Roy Bitten <laughs> kind of oh no, Chucky Plots I think hilariously 
like checks in at some point and goes like, what's going on with the album? Is it coming out? And they're like, Bruce is back in the studio doing more demos. And they're all like, no, uh, knowing that that could mean three more years. Yes. And uh, that he's going because they don't even feel like this album is finished. Yeah. They 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 are quoted as sometimes saying like, well, this needed another draft uh-huh. that, you know, like, hey, why not finish the album you're working on instead of. But he's like, I'm just going to write one more song. I'm just going to write one more song. So he goes and he starts writing. He goes in the studio and starts writing one more song, which then turns into a blast of 11 songs. Wow. That he writes in three weeks. And that's and Lucky Town. And that's Lucky Town. Yeah. With a, with different musicians. That's so interesting because, I don't know, we'll get to it. We'll but, get to it, yeah. yeah. So this is Springsteen on guitar and vocals and then keyboards and bass. Um, and then you have a different guy, Gary Malibur, who's on drums. Roy is, is there only on a few songs. But then you got Patty bringing in a couple of singers as well. So it has a, the, the the albums have two totally different sounds. They really do. They they really have a completely different vibe. Randy Jackson only plays bass on one song, Better Days. Um on Lucky on Town. On Lucky Town yeah. and Springsteen plays the bass on the rest of the album. Wow. So they're 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 essentially you have Human Touch is one album. Lucky Town is another album. And then all of the deleted stuff that ends up on tracks is from this weird bass-centric hmm. album that Springsteen was making. That he never put out. That he never put out. Interesting. Yes. And Lucky Town is lyrically a little more optimistic, yes. a little more like, hey, everything's great and yes. I'm doing fine. I mean, the first song is called Better Days. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so those bass songs, that Forgotten Project is on tracks, what are those songs like? Well, uh, I'll tell you about a little text exchange I had with my friend, Adam, where I said, hey, um, here are all the songs on tracks that are the B-sides. I'm going to listen to these as well. Should you? And I got back one word. No. So you could have figured this out. I completely out. forgot about that. <laughs> you could have heard all these oh, if man, you had wanted that's to. That's funny. I totally forgot about that. Uh, how are they? Good. In fact, I I put three of them on. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this a little later. You can't but. use those on the. I told you I was going to. No. <laughs> okay, fine. So okay, so we have two two different albums. Human Touch is the one that was going to come out in ninety one. That is an that's almost an hour. That's fifty. Yeah, it's longer. Forty nine forty nine seconds. Lucky Town that he writes later is about 40 minutes i wonder why they so why did they decide to put them both out at the same time that's the thing is and and we'll talk about this when we listen to it would it have been better if he mixed the songs up and instead of just saying like oh no human touch is the one that i did and lucky town is its own thing instead making an album that sounded a little more varied yeah or Put out Human Touch and a year later put out Lucky Town so exactly. they have their own identity. Exactly. But I don't know. Because he... even the album covers are using the same design, the same font and everything. Cause... I think he feels like Human Touch, as he was saying, is not optimistic enough, whatever yeah. that means. It needed the balance. It needed a little more, yeah, of a balance. But uh, in any case, they come out. I think it's telling that in his 
book, Springsteen barely even mentions these albums right. once. He just says, I put out a couple of records in the early 90s that were about um, how good I was feeling and no one seemed to care all that much. <laughs> yeah, they were not successful, right? Well, uh, Human Touch went all the way up to number two, or uh, no, uh, it went up to, no, it did, yeah, uh, number two on the Billboard. Yeah, but 200. as far as like their sales, they didn't end up being that big. No, Human Touch was the more successful of the two. Um, you know, they're big for Bruce, for, for other bands, but for Bruce Springsteen, they're viewed as... I thought Human Touch only sold like a million copies. Ultimately. I think they both sold around a million, yeah. For him, that's quite low. For the, that era where, you know. Everyone's buying CDs. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. It was pretty low, yeah. yeah. But but the rep on them, I told you in our first episode that I was buying them used for $2 a piece. Yeah. And Bob Odenkirk, at the, uh, at the sale I was at, uh, chided me saying like, why are you buying those shitty albums? Yeah. And he hadn't heard them either. He was yeah, just like- yeah. That was the rep is that these are bad albums. Yeah, that's why I, that's what I expected when I listened to them over the last week or so. Because you, you and I both mentioned to each other off mic where we have many conversations. Several. I wouldn't say many, several. Not one, not three, not four, but two conversations off mic. We've talked about how we've never really listened to them all the way through no. as much as like I listen to them on random occasionally. I never listened to the, I mean, I recognized a few songs. I was like, oh, whoa, this is from this period. I had right. no idea. I, yeah. And, and so I was really surprised by both of these albums. Right. And we'll figure out if that surprise in a good way or in a bad way. They are considered culturally to be the nadir of yes. Springsteen's career. Yes. And I wonder if that's how we'll feel about them now. Yeah. Um, we're going to listen to the songs, and then afterwards, all you fans of this show. Oh, man. You know what we're going to do. We're going to resequence these, and we're going to make the ultimate album or EP. Where our rules or were double album. Or double album. Or a triple album. Yeah. Whatever we want to do out of these, we're going to put out our own versions. That's right. We're going to resequence them. You know how much you love to hear us talk about resequencing things. (laughs) (laughs) We've done it for so many records in the past. We're going to do it for these two records. This is exciting. Do we like these? Do we like these uh, records that are considered to be the worst of Springsteen's career? Or do we consider them to be misses? We will uh, find out when we come back with more You Spring and Springsteen on My Bean after this. Hey, welcome back. You spring and spring scene on my bean. And we're talking about Human Touch and Lucky Town, two totally separate albums um, that came out on the same day. And uh, we're going to be listening to them now. Adam, what do you think? I think we should do that. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of songs, so we may not listen to as much of them as we normally would, but, uh, you know, we'll listen to a good chunk of them here. Um, so human touch is considered to be number one and it was recorded, uh, sequentially first. 
So let's start off with that. What do you say? This yeah, is, that sounds good. This is track one. This is Human Touch by Bruce Springsteen. This was a this was a hit, I guess. It went to number sixteen. Okay. And, and did someone else cover this? I'm sure someone has. I don't know whether I know of anyone huge who does it. I will say, uh, Tegan from Tegan and Sarah has the first few lyrics tattooed, I believe, on her arm. Really? Yeah. She oh. loves she loves this song. I think it's a great song. It sounds a little. So, so we were talking about how kind of out of step it seems. Yes. It sounds a little like what happened to Sting, where he's everything came out and it started seeming a little like adult contemporary. Yes. It really does. I mean, it's... Here it gets a little more rocking. But, but finding out that Randy Jackson was playing on it and he was like just getting these studio guys at a time when music was getting more raw. Yeah, more and, exciting. Yeah, yeah, more like more authentic in yes. a way. Which is why if I heard this back then, I would have just been like, what the fuck is yeah. this? But now... But now it sounds really good. It's Yeah, it's like it's really if good song. If War on Drugs put this out? Exactly. It sounds like that sort of Bruce Hornsby, Don yeah. Henley stuff. Yeah. This is one that Springsteen wrote by himself. Um and obviously about his relationship, about uh, Patty, some might say. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we think? Yeah, I, I think this is an awesome song. Guess and pre- I like the overproduction. I, I like this. It sounds thick. good now. Yeah. yeah. At the time, though, like when we're, I remember hearing Nirvana's Nevermind and just being like, oh my God, thank God. Because everything in the late 80s up till about, uh, early 91 was so overproduced oh, totally. and echoey and totally you know so thick with like this like the keyboards yeah and- everything sound i was getting so sick of of alternative music and everything at the time and then suddenly nirvana comes along and yeah. it's just like loud crunchy guitars yeah. and this is sort of the opposite of that but sorry you were talking about like how alternative music was starting to all sound the same yeah i was talking about like mainstream music oh, all yeah. had like the big echoey drums and the thick keyboard atmosphere. Yeah, it's it Henley's was, The End of the Innocence. Totally. All, all that stuff, which sounds good to us and now. And Bruce Hornsby. But, yeah. yeah. But but at the time, it seems like, oh shit, Springsteen, who had the Edible Street Band, and such an exciting live band. Yeah. Now you're moving into this area. It just sounded so boring. Yeah. But now it sounds good. Yeah. Um, so we like Human Touch. Yes, very much. Okay. What did you, you like it? I like Human Touch too, yeah. 
Um, we'll reveal our choices for what goes on our lists uh, a little later. Um, let's go to track two. By the way, this album, we said it's uh, an hour almost. It's 14 tracks. So here we go. This is track two. This is Soul Driver by Bruce Springsteen. This especially seems like Sting to me. Yes. That like pan pipe yeah. keyboard effect. It's like, hey man, Bruce, we don't need you doing the pan pipes no. on your songs. And I just make yeah. me laugh. It also reminds me of like what I thought of Peter Gabriel at the time, where I remember my aunt driving in the car and she was trying to relate to me as a 16 year old or whatever, going, Do you like Peter Gabriel? And me yeah. going, Fuck no. Even though Peter Gabriel now, obviously, like, incredible and an alternative artist and everything. But at the time, because it was Sledgehammer and all that, it was so immaculately immaculately produced that I was just like... And anyone over the age of, like, 28, I thought was way too old to be making (laughs) interesting music other than R.E.M. What do we think of Soul Driver? I can't even get through it. I like the melody when he starts singing. I'm like, oh, that's a cool melody, and I his vo- he's in like really good voice. But I, it's too much. I don't like it. I and don't this, like this production. I, I would even say this is the most, uh, the most of this type of production on the entire record. Probably, I yeah. think it's the most atypically produced. Of like, oh shit, this is really aiming to yeah. be uh, adult contemporary yeah. stuff. Okay. So then we have, we mentioned it before, this is the only uh, thing that made it on the record from these other sessions that he was doing where he was playing bass. This is 57 channels and nothing on. This is the third song on this, this is album? This song, oh, yeah. Okay. And this was a single as well. I bought a bourgeois house in the Hollywood Hills with a trunk load of $100,000 bills. Man came by to hook up my Cable TV, we settled in for the night, my baby and me. We switched round and round till half past dawn. There was 57 channels and nothing on. 57 channels and nothing on. 57 channels and nothing on. Well, now, home entertainment was my baby's wish, so I... By the way, this song is only a couple of minutes long. So before, is it really? Yeah. By the time we start talking about it, it'll be over. But um, wait, I want to hear the chorus though. I don't know that there is one. So he's like talk singing. Here, yeah. Here's what I'll say about it. I do like breaking up the sound of the record with this thing from these other sessions. Yeah. 
I think Springsteen even admits, he goes, I don't know what I'm doing with this song. Yeah, it sucks. Like, <laughs> he's he's like, social, this kind of social satire is not really his thing, and he admits that, you know? He's just like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Especially with at the time there was like Zoo TV happening. Yes. By the way, so if you listen to one of the concerts, uh, he took out a, a, a band, a different band than the Edibles, to do the shows for this. He obviously like knows this song is weak, I think, and he's trying to figure out a way to make it seem important or something. So he's doing sort of a zoo TV kind of thing with it where he's playing clips of like news news and stuff yeah. over it. But then I remember he, that. But then he also has the backup singers saying no justice, no peace, which like Ugh. this song is not about he's trying to tie it to the riots. When he when he sings it and it's just not working. I, I feel like I remember that, like on his unplugged performance doing this song, and I, I don't remember where it was, but I remember it, it was be, probably the unplugged them yeah. trying to tie it to like this big message. When and it's it really just, just a dumb. two minute song about it, about like hey, the, there's a lot of cable channels. These yeah, and days. the cable guy coming over, and it's his a song wife. about the cable guy. I mean, it's ridiculous. So yeah. Uh, but I but I like the sound being different than the rest of the album. That's the one thing I'll say sure. for it. But I do not like the song. No. And it was a single, which is such a weird choice for a single. But I think because it sounded yeah. different, it was like, I don't know, let's yeah. try this. All right, this is track four. This is Cross My Heart. And this First is by Bruce Springsteen. What do we think across my heart? I like it. I just wonder if it's something that he's done better and more interestingly. Before. I think with a better chorus, this song is. Yeah. But but the chorus is just so like da 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 da. You know, like what you would expect. I don't mind the sound of the verses necessarily, but I, it's just and that guy I going see. whoa. Yeah, if you you mentioned before that everyone involved was kind of feeling like human touch needed another Yeah, like like they a lot of people feel like these songs need needed more work. Yeah. Yeah. It, this feels like it's like almost there but not quite achieving liftoff. I do sort of like how he's rocking on the guitar at the end of it. Yeah. It, so, it sort of makes it a little justified, but 
I don't know. But there's no like hooky chorus or anything. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. This is track five. This is about a woman named Gloria and her eyeballs. This is called Gloria's Eyes mm. <laughs> by Bruce Springsteen. What do we think of Gloria's eyes? Is that the chorus? I think so, yeah. I think this is better. This this is sounding a little more like something, I don't know, like the church or the call would do. See, I I remember liking it more listening to it. I think I'm waiting for Well there there's a bridge, I think. Also the the the, the instrumentals of the undergrade, I think. I really I I like how weird it is how it sounds like his you voice said, is like, a little removed yeah it's like his vocals are more buried in the mix we have a harmonica like sort of distorted like if, if simple minds put this out yeah that's what it sounds like it sounds like yeah. mid 80s alternative rock or something yeah. like college rock yeah so I, I I give this one a pass. Yeah. I, Here's the issue for me, though. At this point, we're five tracks in. Everything is sounding semi-samey. Yeah. In a way. And we haven't had an awesome song since the first since song. Since the first one, yeah. But I, when I was listening to it, um, when I was going through the albums, I really liked it. And right now, I'm kind of waiting for that thing. But The, the end... We can keep talking over it, and then we'll get to the end where it's sort of like they start soloing, and it's it gets a little harder, I think, and that's redeems it also a little bit in a way. But I, I couldn't even tell you if I give a shit about the lyrical content of it. It's like Bruce Springsteen just like hitting the ball right down the middle over and over again on this album. Which, hey, if you're playing baseball, it's not a bad strategy. Not bad. <laughs> Hit it right down the middle, especially if you can knock it uh, into uh, uh, you know the, that section of the park they call the bleachers. Or over into the uh, concession stand where I would be. <laughs> okay, this is uh, track one, two, three, four, five. This is track six of 14. This is With Every Wish by Bruce Franklin. Well, catfish in the lake, we call them Big Jam. When I was a kid, my only wish was to get my line in them. Skip church one Sunday, rode out and threw it in my line. You can hear Randy kicking in there. Oh, that's not Randy, actually. Oh. Interestingly enough. 
I knew so it. This is Mark Isham's band. This is the this is another uh, song that was done with different musicians. That's why it's a semi jazzy different feel. But trumpeter Mark Isham. This is his right. Group. The trumpet kicks in here. Yeah. There it is. What if he was like, "Hey, Mark, shut the fuck up! I'm trying to sing." <laughs> With every wish, there comes a curse. What do we think? Um, I really liked it up until the trumpet and the sort of limp chorus for me. It still, to it's me, just it's still not, feeling it's not a good like a song yet. No, yeah, it needs more writing. Yeah. Not I great. wasn't crazy about it. Not great. Okay. Uh, now we get to, uh, this was a single. This is a song called Roll of the Dice. This We're halfway through. This is Roll of the Dice by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> So this is the more this is the most edible street song. Yeah, it just sounds like an old E Street band song. This is one that Roy wrote with him. Mm-hmm. And this is before the no piano rule came on, which uh, apparently Springsteen instituted. He's like no piano. When was that? Uh for like Lucky after, Town? No, for when when they like after a few sessions of this, he's like, I don't want this to sound like the edible street uh-huh. band. No piano anymore. Wow. So Roy Bitten was just playing keys on most everything he's like, else. Okay, dude. I don't know, whatever, you fucking weirdo. Um, what do we think of Roll of the Dice? I really like this song yes. a lot. This is a good one. You also have backing vocals by Bobby King, a gospel singer. Oh wow. He sounds great. Um all right, so yeah, why not put that a little uh, closer to the top, my man? But Agreed. who knows? Maybe we will on our uh, resequences of this. All right, so we're halfway through. Let's go to track eight. This is Real World by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs>
What do we think of the real world? I like it. That's the thing. I wouldn't say any of these are not. Well, I don't know. Some of them are bad. But I, some of them are. Bad. I I like that. I like the because it, when it kicks in, it sounds to me. It sounds like the beginning of an album. Like yeah, this or, is or the beginning of a song. This is what we're doing now. Like it sounds totally uh-huh. different from Bruce Springsteen. So, right. And that like melody. I just wish the chorus was. Better. Had more liftoff, <laughs> yeah. But but I it, it, it also grows is, on me, and I and I like the. I, I think it's a it's enough of a chorus to to get going. I I, I do really like it. So what grade do you? It think? reminds me of like Boy in the Bubble, which is not the best the song on Graceland. Oh, but it's I you're talking about Bubble Boy. Jake I Gillen. love Bubble Boy. Um, I don't know. I, I really I, like it. You're, you're not as into I'm it. I'm just not. I also, the, the album is wearing on me with just how samey it yeah, sounds yeah. at this point. Um, Just not that into it, I have to say. Um, I hear you. All right, here's uh, the next track. This is All or Nothing at All by Bruce Springsteen. goes on like that this is one of those songs where i wonder why no one in the studio just stopped and said dude no (laughs) so you know who did little steven listened to this record and said throw the whole thing out really and re-record it with the east reband really yes he was fucking right yeah it's it feels like the wrong group to be doing a song. Uh, let me play. Uh, it just sounds generic. Let me play a Marshall Crenshaw version of that song. Of that song, yeah. Because supposedly, oh, and we have a little bit of uh, an ad first. Oh, what's this for? <laughs> well, we're of, giving them a free ad. Some sort of video game. Weird. All right. Anyway, this is Marshall Crenshaw. Marshall Crenshaw, yeah, with a slightly rougher treatment of it. I hadn't heard it. I, people talk about how superior it is. It's fine. I still don't like it very much. <laughs> I, Marshall Crenshaw being a traditionalist and a, you know, Beatlemania He's guy, great. I would say, like, it fits more in with his oeuvre, but, uh, yeah, uh, not not it's happening just, for me. It feels like kind of a dumb song. Especially with the band. It's not rough at all. It's so slick yeah. and so professional. All right, this is the next track. This is Man's Job. I Bruce Okay, I like the riff a little better. 
I think this is one of the better songs on the record. Really? You have Sam Moore from Sam and Dave singing backups. I mean, I feel like it's a, maybe a message that hasn't aged particularly well. Well, you have a beautiful woman and it's a man's <laughs> it's, job it's to a love her. man's job. <laughs> sure. I mean, lyrically, come on. Lyrically, come on. But uh, I think it's one of the better musically realized songs on the record yeah i don't like it okay man's job um well then you're gonna hate this next one uh (laughs) that is not a song for the visually impaired uh this is a song called i wish i were blind what (laughs) by bruce reason i love to see cottonwood blossom in the early I love to see a message of love that the bluebird brings. But when I see you walking with them down a long strand, I wish I were blind. When I see you with your man, we have the keyboard sound that he uses quite a bit in yeah. the 90s. What do we think about? And the eighties, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. On like on uh, Tunnel of Love, yeah. What do we think about? I wish I, I was. Born. I like that song. You like this one? Yeah. Okay. What What about you? I it almost made my sequencing, but oh, you the, cut this at one. the end. I cut it. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I just think it sounds a little too similar to songs he's done better. Yeah, it's it's very Tunnel of Lovey. Yeah. He wishes he was blind, Adam. I like it. You ever wished you were blind? Yeah, right now, sitting across the table from you. <laughs> Motherfucker. All right, um, three more songs on Human Touch. Here is a song called The Long Goodbye. This is by Bruce Springsteen. The one thing I'll say about this is he finally has a different guitar sound, a yeah. little more crunchy. Yeah. I guess they talk about how he came in and said, I want a totally different guitar sound than I've ever used. And so they brought him all these different guitars and he would just twist the knobs until it sounded exactly the same as what he liked. Jesus. <laughs> and, but this is the one time where 
they used what, what exactly is it? It's uh, something that uh, the Boston guitarist Tom Schultz uh, created. It's like a uh, a Rockman, a Walkman-sized amplifier substitute that he put everything through. So it's sort of ZZ Toppy, yeah. in a way, you know. But what do we what do we think about the song? I like this song. You like this song. I w- when you take the generic sort of quote unquote rock sound uh-huh. and use it well, I really like it. Yeah, I like things that remind me of radio in the eighties. Right, but when it's a l- lame song, it's yeah. annoying. But I-, I like it when it's framed like this. It's a little generic for me. Yeah, I get that. Um. All right. This is. Hey. Uh, you know, we talked about a man's job. This is real man. Yeah. I, I by know. Bruce Springsteen. I mean, uh oh. <laughs> so people say this is the worst song he's ever recorded. Um, you would probably disagree because I know you hate uh, Cadillac Ranch <laughs> and prefer this to Cadillac Ranch. Took his baby to a picture show. Rambo, he was blowing them down. Wait, let's get to that chorus. I feel like he's trying to do, he's trying to like itch that scratch that he did, like scratch that itch that he did uh, earlier this year when he put out that that album of uh, Motown, Motown classics. It's yeah. almost like he's I, I reaching like he's, for that. He's trying to do like funny satire, yeah. sort of. Chucky Plotz says that he really wanted him not to put this song on the record, but felt like he couldn't bring it up because he just watched the entire Edible Street Band get fired. Wow. And so I think everyone feels like they're in a precarious position where they can't say what they really feel about this record. See, that's what happens when someone gets so huge is... Like, people should have told him not to put this album yeah. out. Yeah. Well, little Steven was yeah. uh, was the one who said, like, throw it all away. And, and then he fired him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's what happened. Uh, well, little Steven quit. But, um, okay, this is the oh, last. Oh, that's right. He was already gone. This is the last song. Uh, and it's not even, like, a real song. It's a, a, a cover of a traditional song. Um, this is Pony Boy by Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Pony boy, pony boy, won't you be my pony boy? Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, whoa, my pony boy. Ride with me, ride with me, won't you take a ride with me? Underneath the star sky, my pony boy. What do you think, Adam? You ever sing this to any of your kids? Just this morning before they went to school. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing teenagers like more than a traditional <laughs> folk song. Well, speaking of which, so he, he sang this because he liked to sing it to his son. Mm-hmm. And then recently he said, my son hates this fucking song. Really? <laughs> yeah. So. That's so funny. Uh, sort of like a bonus track, I guess, at the end it of the It really record. doesn't fit with the album. 
No. So now you're you're saying, okay, well, why didn't he just put out Human Touch as by itself? Yeah. How would it have been received if it was just this? It probably helped it that it was put out with Lucky Something Town. Else. Yeah. Because yeah. um, okay. it's not great. Yeah. It's. I do like that pony, but that song. I I yeah, actually do like it. It's really pretty. It's fine. I just wouldn't put it on a record. It's it's, it's like a but it's a hidden track. Yeah. Okay, tell you what, why don't we take a break and when we come back we'll we'll do the same with Lucky Town and we'll figure out if that is more to our liking or you know or and then we'll also resequence. Oh my god, fans that's, of this show, that's the big news. Yeah. Okay, we'll be right back with more You Spring and Springsteen on my bean. Bye everybody. No, we're coming back. Bye-bye. <laughs> no, we're going to come back, I swear. Hey, welcome back. You Spring and Springsteen on my bean. We're listening to the two records, Human Touch and Lucky Town. We just listened to Human Touch. And now we're going to hear the record that started out as, hey, I'm just going to write one more song and put it on Human Touch and became a record in its own right. This is Lucky Town. And... uh Let's just talk now, about just the, the players on this. Yes. Generally, would you say you liked Lucky Town more than Human Touch? I don't want to reveal that information. Okay. Um, we have Roy Bitten is back just on three songs. Um, we have a guy named Gary Malibur on drums. Who? Oh, they, they, they got Malibur for this one? Gary Malibur, uh, if you've seen the movie Phantom of the Paradise... Yeah, I've seen that. He is the drummer for the Juicy Fruits, the Beach Bums, and the Undeads. Oh, yeah. I don't remember him. Uh, I just watched it for uh, Halloween, and uh, it's a good bit of trivia, in my opinion. Did you really just watch that movie? I did, yes. Oh, I'd never even heard of it. Phantom of the Paradise? De Palma? Yeah, I've never seen that. Oh, you got to see it. Oh, it's great. Brian De Palma uh, directed it? Uh, yeah. Um, Wait. It's... It's uh, uh, Paul Williams stars in it. God, I've never. It's a musical, and uh, Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma uh, directed it. Uh, it's it it's sort of it feels like Rocky Horror Picture Show a little oh, bit. Interesting. Uh, it's it's great. You should see it. Whoa. Um. Anyway, it's a good. That's a good bit of trivia. Uh, and then you have Patty and uh, Susie Tyrell and Lisa Lowell. They do backups uh, on three of the songs. And Springsteen is basically playing bass, guitar, keyboards, like most of the stuff himself, other than the drums. What do you think of that? What are you looking up here? I was looking up Phantom of the Paradise. You got you, you I really it. need to see this. Yeah, yeah, it's, re- it's good. Um, um, that's, it, it's just interesting that these are two completely different scenarios uh yeah personnel wise exactly so here we go this is track one this is better days this is by bruce springsteen
What do we think of Better Days? This is a single released, I think, at the same time as Human Touch. Sort of like, hey, we're going to release a single from both. Which is super confusing. Very confusing. Um, I like this song. I like the sound better. Yeah. I like I like the, the addition of the three women singing backups, yeah. singing sort of gospel-tinged backups, I think is great. It was a double A side with Human Touch, and it so they both went to number 16. Got it. Um, but yeah, so, so far I'm like, oh, okay, different yeah. sound. I like it. Sounds good. A better days. Um, okay, better days so far is a hit with us. All right, let's go to track two. This is the titular Lucky Town by Bruce Springsteen. Lucky Town, Adam. He's singing in a different voice, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to Bruce Springsteen albums, like, much like David Bowie, you know how David Bowie has the crooner, like the but then he yeah. does this guy, but then he goes, you have yeah. <laughs> So Springsteen always does that. Like, we'll, we'll get to it, but uh, on the Magic album, he goes back yeah. and forth from yeah, a lot of right. different voices. But this was a new... He, he even talks about it. He goes, I could do it like this guy. I could do it like this yeah. guy. This was a new guy that Springsteen I really with. like this guy. I like this guy. He's kind of, a, kind of a nasally guy. And it's more sort of straightforward rock and roll, like almost country rock. Yes. Like it almost sounds like, uh, like Uncle Tupelo or something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right, Lucky Town is, yeah, it's cool. is a hit with us. All right, this is a song. This is track three. This is a song if you... Oh, is this a song? Yeah, this is a song. This is called Local Hero by Bruce Springsteen. I was driving. Local hero, Adam. What do you think? I like it a lot. I think this song's stupid. Really? <laughs> it's, it's all about how he was in Jersey and saw a picture of himself in a store window. So he went in and said, hey, 
let me get that picture and the store owner went yeah it's a local hero sort of like I didn't really follow the narrative of it. Yeah. I was just kind of listening to I it. know, I know. Once it's, I once I heard what the narrative was, and then I heard a lot that I, I've heard him sing it live in some of the concerts that came out. I've I've grown to dislike it. Huh, but but you but but you like the sound of it at least. Yeah, I, I really do. And I was I listened to Lucky Town first. Oh, interesting. Going into these albums. So here, like here and then Living Proof is next. Is that right? Uh, no, this if I should fall behind. Okay, honest. but Around here in Local Hero, I was like, what's wrong with these? <laughs> what's the problem yeah, with yeah, these albums? Exactly. Well, this, this is great. I'll reveal this is a better record than Human Touch. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, let's do track four. This is If I Should Fall Behind by Bruce Springsteen. We said we'd walk together We become what may there come the twilight Should we lose our way If as we're walking A hand should slip free I'll wait for you Should I fall behind Wait for me We swore we'd travel Darling, side by side We'd help each other Stay in stride But each lover's steps fall So differently But I'll wait for you And if I should fall behind Wait for me What do we think, Adam? Uh, it's fine. I like this one a lot. Yeah, this is a gorgeous song. I think. Oh, okay. I got. I, yeah, it is. It sounds like uh, a tunnel of love song. Yeah, like that kind of a boring tunnel of love song. Hmm. To me, it sounds like it's it's almost up there with some of the stuff like uh, those tunnel of love yeah. singles that we really. Liked. Yeah, like the really good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this one a lot. All right. If I should fall behind, wait for me, Adam. Instead of just yeah. taking off. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what I decide to do. <laughs> All right. All right. This is uh, track five of 10. This is Leap of Faith by Bruce Springsteen. Leap of faith, Adam. What do you think? I like this one. It's um, it's got the backups again. Yeah. The only thing I would say is again because they are two separate albums with two separate sounds. It's starting to feel samey. Yeah. You know what I mean. But but if you just listen to it as a song, 
I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot more listening to it now. I think it started to get on my nerves by the time, you know, mm-hmm. just because it's, um, it, it's really catchy. Yeah, every time I listen to it, here's the thing. I didn't put it initially on my sequencing, yeah. and then I heard it again. I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. And I put it back on. Yeah, it's like a perfectly constructed. Maybe it's like too perfect and slick and it's maybe, uninteresting or it's something. Maybe, I don't know. maybe it, it, if it were recorded with a different band, it would yeah. be more interesting. But it doesn't sound live, really. I, yeah, um, right. Um, which isn't okay. bad. We're halfway through this record. Let's go to track six. This is The Big Muddy. This is by Bruce Springsteen. Hmm. Something that he did for himself His own little secret didn't hurt nobody Come the afternoon he take away Waist deep in a big muddy Waist deep in a big muddy Not outstanding, but end up crawling. What do you think, Adam? Uh, not one of my favorites. I don't like songs like this. Although I like no. it when you hear a song like this, like at the end of a scene in Justified. Yes, that <laughs> seems like where it belongs. <laughs> Other than that, wouldn't listen to this nah. for pleasure. No. This is where the album starts to get a little... Shaky? Shaky, maybe. But uh, let's go to track seven. This is Living Proof. This actually was the song that he was going to record and add to Human Touch. Oh. And um, instead, he made a whole album out of it. But uh, this is Living Proof. Got it. What do we think of Living Proof? I like it. This is about his son. Uh, this is where I start to feel like too much of a good thing. It's just too much. Of this. It's just too much. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm... And there's nothing grabbing me necessarily. 
musically. Well, the chorus is just sort of blends into the verse a bit. Yeah. But I just love the sound we're of music the verse. Experts, so much. The yeah, I know. We don't know what the <laughs> fuck we're talking about. But it just doesn't sound, there's not like a big change. Yeah. But I, I really like it. All right. This is uh, track eight. This is Book of Dreams. And this is a Bruce Springsteen song. Huh. Bruce Springsteen. I'm standing in the backyard listening to the party inside. Tonight I'm drinking in the forgiveness this life provides. The scars we carry remain, but the pain slips away, it seems. Oh, won't you, baby? Be in my book of dreams I'm watching you through the window With your girlfriends from back home You're showing off your dress There's laughter and a toast From your daddy to the prettiest bride ever seen Oh, won't you, baby be in my book of dreams Adam, what do we think? Book of dreams. Um, not for me. Okay, I like book of dreams. Yeah. It just, it's, I mean, I love these Springsteen songs mm-hmm. when they're, but I feel like, again, this is one of those like tunnel of love ish songs right, that right. he's done really well before. Maybe I like. Maybe I just generally like tunnel of love more than I remember liking. Yeah, it. I, I like this type of thing. Um, I think it's fine, but I'm I don't know why it's on the album. That's interesting because I think ours are going to be wildly different. Yeah, because I felt at the beginning like, oh, we're going to pick the same songs. Yeah, I think we're okay. Here we go. This is track nine, Souls of the Departed, by Bruce Springsteen. personally don't get this one yeah not for me i liked the movie the departed yeah it's good it's pretty good do you like infernal affairs better or no i liked the departed more i i I liked infernal affairs a lot i still haven't seen them i haven't broken into that box set yet you haven't seen the departed no infernal affairs oh those the trilogy yeah because i only saw the first one um, I just don't get it. Okay, this is this though is the last track on the record. This is called My Beautiful Reward by Bruce Springsteen. 
Beautiful reward, Adam. I like it. I like it too. I think it's good. I have some minor quibbles with the production. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, would it have been better recorded uh, with a different group? Maybe, but uh, I, I like the, I like uh, I like that. All right. So we agree that Lucky Town is way better, way better. Um, but what we've done here here were the rules. We said okay. We're going to take the songs that we like from these records and make our own. First of all, no cheating. No cheating. That was rule number one. No cheating. No using other people's songs. Yeah. Can't just put, you know, Prince's Purple Rain no. on here. I mean, w- would it have been better with Prince's Purple Rain? Sure. But if you put Prince's Purple Rain on your playlist, and tried to like beef it up with a really good song like that. Right. I would know right away that it wasn't a Bruce Springsteen song. Probably. Like the second you played it, or at least when the vocals kicked in. Right. All right. So that that was our main uh, our main rule was that we couldn't do that. So let's uh, start with uh, track one on mine. Okay. Now wait. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. What's up, Adam? Well, wait. Pretty good, right? It's so good, far, it's really good, really but I'm just trying to remember if I can, which album this one's on. Okay, wait a second. What's up? This is Prince's Purple Rain. Oh, shit, is it? Get it off of here. You're breaking the rules. So, um... The rules were we we want to make we can make whatever we want. We can make a double CD, we can make one LP, we can make an EP if we don't like enough songs. We can do whatever we want and technically the rules were we can use the uh songs the discarded tracks. According tracks. to you that was a rule. That it was... was a rule and you said no that you weren't <laughs> even going to listen to them. Um do you want do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Well, what did you name your playlist? Because I thought it could either be Lucky Touch or Human Town. <laughs> Human Town. I, I went with Human Town. <laughs> um, do you want to describe your record? What you made out of this? Sure. Mine is called Human Town. Again, as I said, it has twelve songs. Twelve songs. Okay. So, how many does yours have? 
Mine has 13. Whoa. That's, wait, uh, hold on, I'm gonna do the math here. Do you have a calculator on your phone? I think I have a, on my phone? I Hold on. Okay, I got, never mind, I got one. Hmm. Um, 12, wait, 13. Carry the the one, Adam, carry the one. Mine has 12, yours has 13. Okay, yeah, this is what I thought. You have one uh, more song than I do. I have one more, yeah. Did you time out your record, how long yours is? Uh, 52 minutes. 52, I, I got mine down to like just over 50. With one more song. With one more song. Yeah. How did you do that? Well, I did use the single edits of two of the two of the songs. So. Fucking idiots. <laughs> so, but they're available on uh, your your uh, all your streaming devices. So you can what you can do with these, by the way, if you're listening, you can make these playlists uh, at home and then listen to them uh, one after the other. Don't listen to them con- uh, concurrently. And we'll of course publish these playlists on our website yes of course yeah <laughs> the new york times yeah um okay uh this is the first song on human town okay you've you've got my interest peaked uh what is the first song this is the song that opens the album human town by bruce springsteen oh this is uh, real world. Real world. Interesting start to the record. I just think it's like I said, it's like boy in the bubble. It's like this right, right, right. Opening salvo. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So that's my first one. Okay. You got to press stop before I turn <laughs> it back up. Okay. <laughs> Wait no no I want to I want to hear yours do 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 them all all of them yeah yeah I want to hear I yours. thought we were gonna we no, no, each no, no. do our I, first no no no, no. I isn't hear... that the way we used to do it no no I want to hear yours oh. uh, uh, as a, as a total piece of art okay. here all right okay so opens up with real world real world song okay. number two and that's from Lucky Town that's from Lucky Town okay which is not a particular favorite of either of ours right okay this is song number two. Okay. Just this is, is like a reassuring. Roll of the dice. Yes. We're back to familiar ground. Yeah. We're still Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Hey, don't get it twisted. Yeah. My name is still Bruce. Wait, what's my name? <laughs> Last name Springsteen. Last name Springsteen. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Roll of the dice. Okay. Okay. Great. Then we're going. And that's from Human Touch. That's from Human Touch. First two songs, Human Touch. No, no, no. You, uh, first was Lucky Town, then, then uh, Human Touch. No, first was Human Touch, Real World. Oh, sorry, Real World. You're right. Okay, first two songs from Human Touch. Yes. So that's like, we're going in a new direction. Don't worry. We're still who you think we are. Got it. Now you know where you are. You know the possibilities of this album. Mm, We're ready. Let's go. Yes. Okay. This is Better Days. Better Days from Lucky Town. Okay. I see where you're going with this. Okay. All right, better days. So that's three somewhat rockers in a row. Got it's three time rockers, to, yeah. Time to take it down a notch. Got it. 
My beautiful reward. My beautiful reward. This is the last track off Lucky Town. That's right. Okay, interesting placement. I respect it. It's good to That's just an album closer take on a Lucky breather. Town, but we're we're taking a breather here. All right. Interesting. Okay, so that's tr- that's the fourth track. That is track number four. Uh, five, it's time to Get breathe a little up. life into the, okay. into the proceedings. That's, look, we, we we need some CPR here after yeah. that song. It's a nice song, but listen, let's uh, plug the guitars back in. Here we go. Plug the drum back in. Sounds more like. And then the guitar. And then You're the right. guitar, yeah. And this is what I thought of as the end of side one, even though it's a little premature. This is track five? Yeah. This would be, I guess the next song would be the end. The end of, yeah. And this is... uh, Living Proof. Living Proof. Off of Lucky Town. Right. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Got it. All right, let's close out side one. What's what's the next track? In a... Ideal world, this would be the first song on side two. Got it. Yeah, but it's a CD, so it doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter. So, right, okay, here here's go. the next song. Doobie doo doo, human touch. Yeah. Interesting. So you're burying it sixth. Yeah, but I feel like it needs like good prominent placement, so it would be the beginning of, of side, side two. two. Yeah. Okay, got it. All right, we have six more songs to go. What's next? Uh. Okay, so Human Touch is bringing it down a bit. We got it. Although it rocks at the end. It rocks at the end. Uh, get uh, Inject a little pop into the proceedings. Oh, popular music. By pop, I mean like a catchy <laughs> chorus. This <laughs> is not con- really pop. Country sounding. Yeah. Okay, so this is Local Hero. Yes. On Lucky Town. Song I don't particularly care for. I don't care. All right. What's um, next? Next is this song. <laughs> this is Glory's Eyes? Right? Yes. Okay, from it. Uh, from Human, Human Touch. All right, great. What do we got next? Next is another song by Bruce Springsteen. Here it is. Leap of Faith. Leap of Faith. Okay. It takes a leap of faith. I just added this one because oh. I was listening to it. And you said, this is good. So you got to it was like, it why, why? Why did yeah. I leave it off? All right. The same, same thing I had. Okay. A couple more up, a couple upbeat songs. It's time to take it down a notch one more time. I wish I were blind off of human touch. He wishes he was blind. Okay. These are two very different listening experiences. I like it. I, I wonder who uh, who will like which one um, by name. We're about to uh, wrap it up here. So, well, before, how many songs do we have left? We have two left. Two left. Okay. I I like the 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 big sort of summation song being the song before the final song. The, the final song. song should almost be its own thing. Okay, got it. So the penult- penultimate song. Okay. Great song. I really like this song. Lucky Town. Lucky Town. Off okay. of 
Lucky Town. Yeah. Lucky Town. Yeah. Okay, great. And what? Do you, how do you close it out? I'm interested how you close out this record. Well, funny you should ask. Here hmm. we go. By Bruce Springsteen, here's a song. If I Should Fall Behind. If I Should Fall Behind. By Bruce Springsteen. Okay. All right. Interesting album. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a pretty good pretty like a solid bruce springsteen so, so if you if you got this as a bruce springsteen fan you'd be like okay well it wouldn't be as disappointing as hearing both of these together no i think it would be okay he's just he's he's you know he's doing treading something water a yeah, bit yeah, but yeah. it's really good got it got it okay let me play mine this is uh an album called human lucky <laughs> okay <laughs> Um, and I, uh, I'm going to start it off. This is track one. Here we go. Yep. Human touch. Okay. So you're setting the scene with this kind of how human touch starts with this kind of, of, yeah, (laughs) exactly how human touch starts. This is the single edit. It's about a minute and a half shorter. Um, 90 seconds, 90 seconds or so. Um, that's how I'm starting it. Okay. Uh, and it's a little bit of a different sound for, uh, Springsteen fans, but, uh, we're enjoying that. All right. And then we're going into track two. Same track two you used. Wow. Interesting. Roll of the dice. Hey, we're not too different. That's really interesting. I think we both agree. This is a good, like, yeah, almost salve for fans who are like, is this going to be too different? And it's funny that we both chose tracks to open the album that are sort of a statement of a new direction. Exactly, yeah. All right, um, this is track three. This is how you ended the record. Uh-huh. But I'm I'm changing the sound up because I feel like after two rockers, yeah. we need a little variety. This is if I should fall behind. It's a good. That's a good track three. Um. All right, now I'm going to track four. This is a song I like. You don't like it as much, but I just like the sound of it. And I think it sounds different enough after those three songs. What is it again? This is Man's Job. Ugh. (laughs) I like Man's Job. I know the sentiment is a little old-fashioned, but I like it. Um, All right. This is track five. Yeah. Going to Lucky Town. Yeah, that's good. I wonder where you're going to put Better Days, really burying it. Yeah, well, um, this is the last track on side one, uh, if we're doing sides. This is Book of Dreams. Oh, yeah, I didn't like this one. Bit of a snoozer. Well, you can take a nap during it. standing in the backyard listening to the party inside. All right, so then uh, side two. There we go. Better Days, single edit. That you can find on Bruce Springsteen's greatest hits. How much uh, How much shorter is it than me? 45 seconds. Almost a minute. Like 15 seconds shot. About shot, yeah. Uh, then uh, this is an outtake. This is one of those bass songs. That he was making. See the gypsy man. Dirt neath my feet, baby. Turn 
turning to quicksand. You looked into my palm, then looked me in the eye, told me you were gone, gone over the horizon. Once we stood together at the wishing well, I wish it's like dreams, baby. Into the water What do you think, Adam? Oh, and I kissed your I like it. I like this song. Yeah, it's a different sound. So I picked some of these bass songs because they just sound different. Yeah. You need to trick the ear a little bit. It's kind of a palate cleanser. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Um, all right. So then uh, going to... Uh, this is track three on side two. This is Leap of Faith. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if I mentioned what that last song is called, but that was uh, Over the Rise. Okay, so we go to Leap of Faith, and then um, I'm going to go to another outtake. This is the best outtake, I think. One of the best songs that he's never put on a record. This is called Sad Eyes. Listen to this for a little bit. Sort of him doing a Roy Orbison kind of thing. Yeah. Has anyone ever covered that? Yes. uh, There's been some great covers of this. Uh, Let me tell you exactly who did one of them. Trisha Yearwood has done it. Um, That's the main person that I... I feel like I've heard it. Yeah. Maybe I've heard this. I I think he released it as a single when Tracks came out, too. It's really good. But yeah, it's really good. So I, I wanted to put that on the record. That's a good call. Um, all right, next up. You put it on yours, so did I. Gloria's Eyes. I know two Eyes songs next to each other. I thought you didn't like this one. No, this is the one I like. Oh. Okay, Gloria's Eyes. And then uh, my last outtake that I put on. This is called Loose Change. Meter Friendly little bar down along the coast. She said it was her birthday, so we had us a nice little toast. Drove around for a while, smoked a few cigarettes. Took her back to my place. She slipped off her party dress She sat for a while On the edge of the bed Just talking 
What do you think? I like it. I like the the prominent bass in these songs. Yeah, he he talks about how these songs on tracks. It's the fourth disc of tracks, basically. Yeah, he says, yeah, they're probably more interesting than Human Touch or Lucky Town, but I wanted to go out and rock with the band, and so I didn't put out that record. So interesting. But they're really interesting songs, I think. Okay, so this is my final song. This is track thirteen. This mm. is how Lucky Town closes out. On the actual album. What this is, is this? My Beautiful Reward. Oh. Yeah, this is a good closer. Yeah. You put it fourth. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. But yeah. Those, I would maybe switch this and my last song like you did. Oh, interesting. Because I feel like that the one I put uh, last is almost too stark and slow. Interesting. Okay. For a final so may, Okay, so in your you'll edit it. You're going to swap those. Yes. What we want you to do is put these playlists together out there on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. Listen to them both. Yeah. And then um, figure out which one you like better and then go fuck yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> just go right away. Immediately and to just fucking yourselves. Totally and completely go fuck yourself. But no, we do want to hear uh, which one you like better uh, because it's a competition between Adam and I. But, yeah. Uh, and whoever wins gets an uh, incredible prize. Yeah. They get a date with the other. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping I win a date with Adam. Meanwhile, Adam's hoping he wins uh, a date with me. Come on, let's make it happen. So at the end of the day, how do we feel about Human Touch? Slash it's a weird, it's a really weird chapter in his career. It is. He, he goes out, he gets a totally different band that he's then the the edible street band and he goes and tours with them and they're, and they're great and the shows i mean i i enjoy listening to them um he the, plays the, he plays a lot of songs from these two records so who them. does he tour with then it is a totally different group although although i think roy is in it um but it's like he gets almost like a rock slash gospel sound because he gets three backup singers uh-huh. doing like gospel harmonies uh-huh. he's almost turning songs like Badlands into gospel songs a little bit. It's an interesting tour, Weird. I think. It, it, I, I like it. He does he does great versions of uh, the song that he did for the Michael J. Fox, uh, Light of Day. Um, uh, the Paul Schrader, which was originally called Born in the USA, which is why he wrote the song Born did in you the ever, USA. Have you seen that movie? I did when it came out. I was a little I won- disappointed. I wonder it, what it's like now. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, he goes out and tours with these this group. The fans are against it, kind of. They're all excited to see Bruce, obviously, but um, a lot of people are like... They're pissed that the they're, E Street Band is... They're pissed, yeah. But I think they're rocking or whatever, but I enjoy listening to the records. Yeah. But um, not really a success. A weird part of his history. We'll, of course, at the end of the season, we'll rank these albums and talk about what, what we think of them. But was he still like... Selling out arenas, like I'm sure it was yeah. a successful tour because yeah. it's oh, Bruce yeah, Springsteen, yeah. and he hasn't done he hasn't toured in five years. Yeah. so people are all excited, but they're like, oh, I'd rather see the E Street Band. It's sort of just not as good, or it's d- different. It's different. I think contextually now, now that you know he gets back together with the Edibles, yeah, 
you can listen to it and go like, oh, that's really interesting, yeah. you know, and you're not like, fuck, I just wish you'd get back with the Edible Street Band. But was he, Did do you think anyone at the time was actually saying that to themselves? I wish you'd get back together with the Edible Street Band. I think so. <laughs> um, but w- were the set lists like, I, I, th- they were doing more kind of gospel tinged versions of some songs, but was he leaving out like, like uh b- born to run and stuff or was no he-, he he would still do those he he was calling a a lot from like born in the usa on yeah. although i don't think he did a lot of tunnel of love songs if i can recall but it it seemed like it was very much a lot of human touch and lucky town yeah when the when the tour first started yeah a lot of human touch and lucky town a lot of born in the usa a few of the old ones like badlands and stuff and then the more it went on, I think the more he started phasing out. Yeah, I'm sure the crowd wasn't really responding to these songs. Yeah, because like, you know, I, I have one of the the shows from when he first started the tour and he starts by playing Better Days and people are like, yeah, because yeah. I think it's on the radio at the yeah, time. Yeah. But by the a year later, people are like, we don't care yeah, about any of these yeah. songs. So he's just kind of playing the old ones a little bit. Does he play any of this stuff anymore? He plays If I Should Fall Behind. Oh, interesting. Um, that one, I think, is still in the rotation occasionally. The rotation? Um, the rotation. I don't think he plays any of these anymore. Yeah. And like you say, he barely mentions, like I said, rather, he barely mentions them in his book. Yeah. Um, It's a weird chapter, but I'll tell you what, the very next year, something happens that totally changes everything yep. for him. And we're going to talk about that in our next episode, Adam. Okay. You excited about that? We're doing more of these. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, we are. Okay. Um, That's going to be it for this one, though. We're going to come back next week. um, But until we do, we hope that you found what you're looking for. Bye. Bye.